Good afternoon or good evening or whenever it is that you're listening to this podcast, but you're very welcome to the Meat Chronicles latest edition of our sports podcast, Talk A Good Game. I'm Fergal Lynch and I'm joined once again today by Jimmy Gagan. Jimmy, you're very welcome. Hello, Fergal. Hello, everybody. Kind of a reverse from last week, Jimmy, when I suggested you that you had all of last week off or that previous weekend off. I was off this weekend myself, thank God. No, I didn't I, well, actually, I was off just one day that weekend, Fergal, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I hadn't a weekend off. Which anyway, we'll, you'll get it right some of these days. Went, went on a bit of a busman's <laughs> holiday, of course, um, this weekend, even though I was off. I spent most of my Saturday and Sunday watching sport. It was a, a good day sport on the TV on Sunday as well, with Liverpool playing early in the day. And then, of course, you had the Ireland-France rugby game, which was great to watch. And... Uh, to see Arsenal beating Man United as well, being a Liverpool supporter, it did bring some joy. And of course, some a few unsavoury scenes in English football to follow on from a couple of weeks of unsavoury scenes in Scottish football. It's something that we don't want to see in the game, and let's hope it doesn't. It never creeps into Gaelic football. Did you get to see the the attack on Jack Grealish? Uh, I didn't actually see it, Fergal. No, but I've heard plenty about it. Uh, plenty of discussion about it. Uh, Pat Nevin was talking about it last night and. Uh, uh, you know, look, it's it's something we don't want to see exactly, and uh, we certainly we don't want to see it happening here either. And no. but because we've seen plenty of violence in in Gaelic football pitches over the years and hurling and so on, and um, it's it's very unsightly. It's something it's very nasty to see. Um, I remember back watching hurling matches. You know, watching rows. Hurling particularly dangerous because you know you're carrying a hurling stick. There's a, weapon, a yeah. weapon there, you know. So it's uh, it's particularly dangerous. And but justice, justice was fairly swift. Yeah, yeah. was that Sunday, Saturday, Sunday morning? Sunday but he didn't get that. that he didn't get that much sent, uh, heavy sentence, did he? No, what but it was fairly swift. He was, well, 14, it was fourteen weeks. Sent fourteen down weeks. I thought he should get a lot more. You know, he probably definitely does you know, deserve more. But I, I wonder what happened if 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 uh, Grealish had hit back. I don't know, how much, yeah, well there you go. Well, he would probably he be in trouble. He'd got an Eric Cantona job in nine months. Yeah, yeah, uh, well, yeah, you know, so, I mean, 14 weeks, I thought, was very light for what, uh, you know, basically he assaulted uh, the player out in the, yeah, in the pitch. And, and I saw another, reminded of another incident this morning when Chris Kirkland, uh, former Liverpool goalkeeper, I think he was playing with Sheffield Wednesday at the time, and a player, or sorry, a supporter ran onto the field as he was just standing in the goals, and I didn't punch, but shoved both hands up into his face and knocked him to the ground, and not sure if there was a custodial sentence imposed on that, but look, if we're, we're spending too long on this, but hopefully we never see anything like that come into Gaelic games. I like to think that maybe we're a little bit more uh, refined, our supporters are a little bit more refined and focused on <laughs> on our games rather than the, the rivalry that goes on and the, the desire to inflict pain or, well, or insult. Unfor- unfortunately, I've seen uh, players, uh, our, our spectators, jumping over walls, getting to become involved yeah. in rows and Gaelic games. So we can't be too uh, uh, sanctimonious about it, uh, no. <laughs> to be, you know, holier than, holier than thou. because word um, for this hour of the morning. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> um, speaking of huge support and great support, we're expecting a massive crowd from Mead to travel to Ennis on Saturday for the penultimate game of the National Football League Division 2 and I suppose as the games have worn on in this year's league every game has become a crucial game for Mead 
Uh, possibility of securing promotion on Saturday, Jimmy. It, it's it's a long time coming. It is indeed, uh, Fergal, and it would be great. It would be great. And uh, look, um, they beat them by 14 points last year and 12 points the year before. So it's every it's every likelihood that they will win uh, in Clare. And you know, it certainly would be a great achievement for Mead because that's where they need to be. We spoke about it last week, Fergal. They have to be up there competing with the big boys, uh, being tested every week uh, to move on to, if we want to sort of challenge for Lens their titles and let's well all Ireland titles um, I mean oh, the, uh, who, yeah I know oh. yeah, yeah. but uh, you know <laughs> you know, we, we were there one time so why not why not again 20 uh, years this year since well, our last all Ireland victory yeah um, we have great tradition though we, we, why not well uh, you won't win all Ireland's in Division 2 I know people will argue that point but you won't win in all Ireland from Division 2 so we need to be operating in Division 1 simple as that yeah and, and maybe there a couple of years like not, yeah. not just uh, we don't want to be a yo-yo team either no uh, I mean Cavan going up there Kildare been there going back down you know that's uh, we, we need to stay there a couple of years and yeah. consolidate our place but anyway let's let's, let's see if, let's first. let's get there first yeah you, and say, um, you say we've beaten Clare by 14 points last year and 12 points the year before probably the Mead team that will start on Saturday we haven't seen it yet it hasn't come through but I would imagine that there might only be 8 players from the team that beat Clare by 14 points in Navan last year so there's a huge turnaround in players and, and Clare haven't actually been that bad this year I know their, their record suggests you know only one win and a draw from their 5 games so far but they've been there or thereabouts only lost to Donegal by 16 points to 13 in round 1 uh, drew with Cla- sorry, drew with Armagh in round two in in a game in Newry where Armagh had to give up home advantage because they they went on holidays at some stage last year which they weren't allowed to do. Uh, so Clare managed to get a draw with Armagh in Newry in round two. So uh, came out then at Hammer Cork three thirteen to one ten in round three. So they're the points that they've picked up so far. Obviously no mugs. Okay, recent weeks hasn't gone as well. Uh, Losing by six points to Kildare, which is no embarrassment, you know, 13 points yeah. to 116. And then in the last round, um, held for Mana, who are unbeaten as well, uh, to 12 points to nine. That for Mana wall is very difficult to break down, but they got through for nine scores. And for Mana, got to 12, which is enough to get them over the win. But they've been there or thereabouts, Claire. Yeah, you mentioned there something about uh, the, the, the many changes on the team in the last two years. I think that, that that's points to a problem uh, facing Mead football, Fergal, because. Uh, well, we've got an issue in, in Mead where players are, well, we've had an issue anyway in recent years where players just don't want to turn out for the county team and that's a problem, you know, we've, 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 we've said that and well, uh, one of the reasons for that is that, uh, you know, Paddy Rourke, I think earlier this year, he said he wasn't available because um, I think it was, I might be corrected here, but it was, it was the fact that he, he, he said, that, "Well, what's the point? Couldn't you really know, see the point, yeah. couldn't really yeah. a training for months because then we're going to be knocked out of the uh, Leinster Championship. So we need to change that mindset. Well, hopefully, say, that's changing now. There, there is a feeling now that with with our four wins from five games in the league, and there's a, a bit of confidence about the place. And it's not just four wins from five. You're coming off the back of good performance in the All Ireland qualifier against Tyrone last year as well. So, and even the the one loss that they have had in the league against Donegal was a promising performance. So, Mead have actually put six good competitive performances together. Um, you know, to play yeah, but, Dublin in a challenge in mm. the Sean Cox thing as well, which were was pretty much a strong team and played well in that. I know they lost in the Auburn Cup as well, but 
again their pre-season things but in the last six competitive games Mead have put six good performances together yeah. but what I want to see Fergal is uh, and you remember and I remember the day when you, people players would die for to get the jersey uh, they would, you know, they would, certainly uh, did that last week against Kildare. Yeah, well, they did. Yeah, well, the players w- would have, you know, done anything to get a, a county jersey. It was a very uh, precious uh, prize to have, and we want to see that back. And uh, play, you know, really going for it. Um, you know, I'm not sure if it's still back yet. I'm not sure because there's quite a few players around that have don't seem that much interested in really returning to the county scene, mm. which is a terrible pity. You know. Yeah. Well, look at. They have an opportunity of, of securing promotion um, on Saturday. My sums aren't great at this hour of the morning, and I'm sure there's many, many different permutations. But from what I can figure out, if Cork can beat Donegal in Parky Rain on Saturday and Mead beat Clare, I think we'll be promoted. Don't right. think we can be caught. That would put Donegal, it would leave Donegal on six points. Uh, it would move Mead on to 10. Uh, it would be a possibility. And. Uh, no, we. I don't think we could be caught. So if Cork could beat Donegal, which isn't beyond the rounds of possibility, I know Cork have only one win to their name, but that came in the last round against Tipperary, who, when you look back to round three, Tipperary beat Donegal 3-9 to 13 points. So if you're to follow that line of logic, which is probably the craziest thing to do in Gaelic football, is follow any degree of logic at all. Tipperary beat Donegal, Cork beat Tipperary, can Cork beat Donegal? Well, that's it. Uh, so it, it'll make for a, f- a fascinating uh, weekend of action, uh, Fergal. You're going down to Clare. Um, you know, uh, we, we'll be certainly watching to see how that goes. Uh, but as I say, you know, will be victory. A victory will. Uh, we mightn't be, um, ex- uh, you know, welcoming the team back to the fair green if they do secure secure a big uh, victory and and make sure of place in Division One. But um, we'll certainly welcome them back to we'll, some of the local hostelries, maybe we'll be, to. <laughs> Enjoy a, <laughs> yeah, a well-deserved drink, but yeah. we won't we won't get ahead of ourselves just yet. Get to Clare, secure the win. We won't worry about what Cork can do in Donegal. It is in Mead's own hands, which is a great place to be. If anybody had presented you with the scenario at the start of the league that uh, your last two games against Clare and Fermanagh win those and you're going to go up, you'd mm. have taken hand and all. Uh, even looking looking back at when we were looking forward, if that makes any sense. When we were doing the preview to the National League, oh God, geez, this is a really, really tough league. If we can secure mm. two wins against Clare and Fermanagh, we won't be relegated is what probably we were looking at. Well, I, w- I wouldn't like to be sort of um, relying on, on a victory over Fermanagh either to no. uh, achieve our ambition, you know, because uh, they, they have proved themselves this year to be a very capable bunch. Uh, and, w- you know, we, we, we'll, let's hope we, we'll wrap it up and, on, on Sunday. Right, speaking of wrapping up, we'll leave that there and uh, mm. we'll move on to... Me ladies have a big game as well. They're part of a double header. With um, they're playing Kildare at twelve o'clock on Saturday. Kildare men are playing Tipperary and the second game in Newbridge. So it's another great occasion for ladies football to play as part of a du- part of the double bill, along with a men's game. Hopefully, get a big crowd in there. Meter unbeaten. Uh, I mentioned in my preview piece that of the eight teams in the division, Meter the only ones with a positive scoring difference. From their five games so far, they have a scoring difference of plus 62 points. Mm. Roscommon are next on minus four. So it just goes to show how dominant Mead have been. But Kildare have been showing a few signs of recovery and again are, a, are one of these Leinster counties that are on the rise that we're all hoping to get back and challenge Dublin on the ladies' football scene. Uh, a win, or sorry, a draw will guarantee a semi final spot for Mead. 
they're pretty much already guaranteed a semi-final spot. They are, yeah. Take, I, I think they were when it, they beat it, uh, Ross Con- it yeah, beat take, Ross Common the last It would take night. a phenomenally bizarre run of results and me to lose every game by cricket scores the remaining games which they're not going to do but a point mm-hmm. will guarantee a semi-final spot but Mead's aim will be to top the division three avoid the second place team in the semi-final which at this stage looks like being Roscommon uh, get into the final and only the winners get promoted of the final which is a bizarre setup considering mm-hmm. you can finish fourth and maybe have an 80 points worse scoring difference in the team to finish the top yeah. and you can still get promoted. Yeah, I think, as I said, that win over uh, Roscommon, I think, uh, a couple of weeks ago, effectively, all but um, ensure that there would be, uh, you know, in the final and... Uh, final four, it's a semi-final. Uh, semi-final, yeah. rather. And, um, you know, so that's... Um, that's that was that was a very impressive performance by them there in Dungani. They were really, you know, the one comfortably. Uh, they scored four goals in that game. Yeah. Uh, they, they created chance after chance. Scored five then the following week. Against, five the following against week against Longford. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, you you might have expected that against Longford. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. pretty good. But against Ross Common, Ross Common were seen as one of their main rivals. And in that division, so you know, it's it's um, certainly looking good for them. Eamon Murray has them in great shape and playing some great football. And the minors are out. Uh, I'm lucky enough to be involved with the Mead minors this year as well. The girls were out on Monday against Offaly in the second round of the championship. No venue as of yet, and time isn't confirmed yet. But um, after a good first round win against Dublin, who I, I think were going for nine Leinster minor titles in a row, now they're still in the hunt, but they take on Kildare. In the second round game, but we'll be hoping the Meads girls will be hoping to uh, get a win over Offaly, which will move them a step closer to a Leinster final as well. Again, a couple of players on the minor team that are involved with the seniors you have Orla Lally, Emma Duggan, Sarah Wall, and Aoife Farrell was involved with the senior panel as well. So, you know, it's very strong. And as we said on several occasions in the podcast over the last few weeks, Future's looking very bright for ladies' football. Certainly is, certainly is, and the, as you say, a fine crop of young players coming up through the the system there, and uh, you know, we'll be we'll be looking closely on how they progress. Yeah, well, it's yeah. it's it's it is a it's a joy working with them, and just watching how good some of these footballers are, and the commitment and the effort that they put in. If anybody has seen my Twitter on at True Fergal Lynch on, over the weekend, we were training on Sunday morning when this absolute blizzard of a hailstone snowstorm hit Dungani and it was like something you'd see in the North Pole or South Pole it was just horrendous but the girls ploughed on through for the they lasted as long as they could until the hailstones yeah. got too big and we I, had to abandon ship but I, I was out for that hailstone storm as well Fergal yeah, but so I was we'll in Bor- we'll I was in Bormean for that it was the athletics uh, you know Bormean athletics they're really uh, extremely well organised you know it was the, their half marathon um, you know, extremely well organised. Everything huge crowd, uh, huge crowd. Yeah, well, there was fifteen hundred entries now, uh, and certainly it, it went close to that. I would say, looking at the the amount of athletes that started, which is amazing uh, considering how bad the weather was. Yeah, yeah, it was it was um, well. Uh, you know, you'd have to admire them the way because the conditions were very poor. But um, you know, they were still there, ready to to start. I ran that race myself a couple of years. Oh, sorry, I'll I'll, I'll backtrack on that. I uh, took part in that event a few years ago. I wouldn't say I ran it as a race, but I took part in that event a few years ago. And uh, half marathon, it's it's a great race. It's a good thing to get involved in. And there really is a great atmosphere in Bormean. And I find about the athletics community is that even if you're not part of a club or you're not part of any organisation, the support you get along the road as a runner, even as somebody who was me who was panting from a long way from home, 
the support and the encouragement that people standing on the side of the road give you is huge. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's one of the biggest, most popular, or has the highest membership of any sporting organisations in the country, athletics, don't they? Is that a fair statement to make? Or but, I just but I mean, it's a, no, just athletics as a whole. There's more people in this country doing athletics oh, yeah, yeah, than yeah, any yeah. other sport. I would imagine so, yeah. I mean, it's certainly become hugely popular. And, you know, the, uh, the Bohemian Half Marathon is, is an indication of that. Uh, you know, as I say, it's well organised with people from... Uh, Stephen Ball was telling me that... Um, you know, the people from 28 uh, counties had yeah. entered the race and uh, th- there was a Russian and uh, a couple of, it was certainly a high uh, foreign contingent as well there, a large foreign contingent. And, and you know, so won, that was an indication by, of how popular it is. And won by an Ethiopian. Yes, indeed. Yeah, brilliant uh, runner. You know, he certainly ran, took hold of the race from very early on. Yared the Sesi. Yeah, I hope oh, I have that oh, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, he was a he was, council on to you now. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he brilliant runner, and uh, the, the pace he set from the very start, hugely impressive. You said he, you you were saying that he hardly looked like he broke a sweat. Yeah, well, I was speaking to him just after the race, and he, yeah. he wasn't sweating. You know, he he didn't look like any. He had just struggled through a, a half marathon or anything like that you know he 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 ran like the wind as I said and um, which in contrast to when I finished it I needed an ambulance and a defibrillator on standby to right. keep me going and <laughs> oxygen and all that but uh, well, the yeah, runners, some, some of these athletes are yeah Top class. Oh, a top class. Well, that was another aspect of the event there on Sunday. Once the runners had finished, they, they had a covering, you know, they were given a covering sheet to protect them from the wind. They had, a, you know, there was fruit there available to them, drinks, you know, so they, they had a medal as well, the commemorative medal, because this is the 50th year that Bohemian AC have been in continuous existence since they were reformed right. in 1969. They, they had, there was a club around the area before, but, uh, you know, it went out of existence. Then it was reformed. And, you know, with people like Stephen Ball around, he paid tribute to all the other p- officials in the club and, and you know, neighbours and, and people around who gave their land so that it could be used for car parks and stuff. So it's a very much community effort. It also and, uh, it it was incorporates the Meads... Uh, Renix half martin championships as well. Championship, doesn't it, for, it the, for the Renix yes, Cup yes, and the and Lady if, Cup. Yes, uh, So we had a couple the, of local yes. winners. Uh, we had indeed, yes. Uh, well, Sean Murphy, you know, won the won the men's uh, event, you know, and so again, uh, uh, in in an impressive style. Um, Katrina Jennings won the overall uh, race, women's race, but there was a, a local, you know, Bohemian lady. Um, she she won the um, won the the women's race, you know, and so certainly again with an impressive performance. Which was the Mead the women's as as the Mead championships. So. Yes, yes, and yeah. uh, Katrina uh, Jennings, of course, is a an Irish Olympian so that again just shows the standard of the field that uh, Bohemian half marathon can attract but uh, within that race then as we were saying the Mead Championships are held and Trim Trim AC Sean Murphy who's a Kerryman uh, I think he won the F- Masters 40 or the Masters 45 category but was also the first Mead man home I think he did it in 78 minutes or something like that I think yeah, yeah so uh, it, was, it was an impressive performance from Sean a very impressive performance and uh, uh, certainly um, you know Katrina O'Brien from Bohemian she was uh, the, the one the mead she um, was the mead the winner the ladies winner ladies uh, section so uh, full credit to them you know um, it, it, it takes a lot it takes a lot for, for people to get ready for, for that uh, race you know yeah. and, uh, before I moved away I meant to mention the mead GA that uh, 
the Meat Camogie team had another win in the National Camogie League Division 2 where they travelled down to IT Carlow and beat Carlow by 5 points to 3 of course that, they've only scored 9 points in their last 2 games but drew 1 and won 1 horrendous conditions again but uh, that puts Mead into the National Camogie League Division 2 quarter finals which is a, a strange setup. There's there's going to be 3 quarter finals we believe and of those 3 winners one of the names will be pulled out of a hat they'll go straight into the final and the other 2 will play in a semi-final then so that's the Camogie thing um, Navin Rugby had a little bit of a setback in their bid for uh, securing a playoff place in All-Ireland League Division 2A they went down to Old Crescent in Ballery's Gold on Saturday yeah yeah uh, very unfortunate in fact uh, you know they they didn't start very well uh, they were 14 nil down uh, uh, you know certainly is not starting very well no no <laughs> from very early on um and they were struggling now, but Navin, you know, they did, Navin didn't play well. It was one of those occasions just when the team just never performed. And uh, uh, I was talking to Ray, Coach Ray Maloney, about it afterwards. He felt they were a bit tired, you know. They're, they're after coming through a, a heavy schedule of games, tough matches, high field, UL bows away, you yeah, know, the, that tough. kind. So um, he felt they were they were tired mentally and physically, and I could understand that. Um, so. But they didn't play as well as they can, uh, as they have this season. So where does that leave um, them now, Jimmy? Well, I mean, they're still. It's top. It's top four is the, is the target to finish in the top four in the division, because the the top team in that division is uh, automatically promoted, and the bottom team in the division above them is automatically relegated. You know. Okay. Um, so the the t- the second last team in the in the t- in the division above them. It goes into a semi-final playoff against the four teams against in Division Two A. The second, third, and four teams. Uh, so the, what what we have here then so is the nine team in Division One B will play the four team in Division Two A, who are currently Queen's University, and the second team in Division Two A will play the third team in Division Two A. So second yeah. are Cashel and Navan are third. Yeah, uh, Navan are four points ahead of Queen's. Might be nearly better off finishing fourth rather than third, would you? Then? Um. Or what would the ninth place team in Division One B be like? Well, yeah, I mean, I know you 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 don't you want to avoid fourth place because they would you would imagine that they would be because uh, they're playing at a higher yeah. division all season, so okay. you imagine they would be a little bit sharper, and so, uh, that's something you want to avoid. So it, it it's a great it's a great setup because it, it ensures that you know uh, teams for, have yeah. to play for a really down to the wire goes right down to the wire. And um, but Navin have, have have issues there in terms of making sure they still have have to ma- have to make sure there's three matches left, uh, one home game. Uh, yeah, so they're away to Blackrock College on the twenty yeah. second Friday, Dolphin, the twenty second of March. So that'll be a tough one. Yeah. Uh, they're at home to Dolphin on Saturday the sixth of April, and then their final game on Saturday the thirteenth of April is away to Nina, who are third from bottom, with only four wins so far from the fifteen games. So. Um, Black Rock are struggling they're only second from bottom so you'd expect Navin would pick up a win there they're playing Dolphin of course who are so basically every team they're playing is, are below them I know Cashel and Highfield are the only teams ahead of them but their three remaining games are against teams in the bottom four Dolphin Nina and Black Rock yes so uh, they should have a great opportunity of claiming that playoff place at least which is remarkable for Navin Rugby, really. To well, it is. Where they've the, come from. You know, they've they've, they've achieved successive uh, promotions in recent se- uh, recent seasons. So, yeah, absolutely, uh, Fergal. You know, uh, it's it's a, the, it's very much a 
possible for them. Uh, they can achieve that. They've won home match against Dolphin, uh, but the other two, but that doesn't. I mean, they have they've performed very well on the road as well. Yeah, you know, yeah. in this season. So, um, just want to give a, a brief mention as well. Briefly fly through a few things. I said we're conscious of time and to keep it keep it pretty tight so that we don't bore the ears off people too much. But yeah. a quick mention for Ashbourne second team. They wrapped up the Leinster League. Uh, Provincial Seconds League Division yeah. 1A title wrapped it up with an easy 62-5 win over Kilkenny Andy Tormey was a part former, of that uh, former Mead footballer yeah. Andy Tormey playing a full back and he skated in for a try as well he did indeed yeah yeah 10 um, tries he got yeah so the first team also beat Kilkenny 34-15 to, that was a crucial win because they needed to win that to stay in top 4 in Leinster League Division 1A and the significance of finishing in the top 4 means that they qualify for the junior to play Cup. in the All-Ireland Junior Cup next season mm. and of course Navin or sorry Ashburn have won that for the last 3 years in a row so it was crucial for them to get in that top that's 4 that's what so they were that they aiming for it. yeah so that that was a good good wrap up of uh, the season for Ashburn to win the seconds league and finish in the top 4 and of course I think they're playing Gory on St Patrick's Day in the Provincial Towns Cup which Keeps their season yeah, alive as well. Yeah. Um, just a few other quick mention then for a few things. I see Kells handballer Tom Sheridan uh, has qualified for the All-Ireland Masters semi-final. Uh, beating a Limerick opponent 21-8, 21-9 in his uh, semi-final. In darts as well, the Mead darts team won the second their second INDO inter-county darts title. Uh, two weeks ago, I think it was now, and they beat Dublin 7-6 in an epic final in the West County Hotel in Ennis. So hopefully that's not the, that was the first of a couple of big wins down in Ennis for Mead teams. Um, Mead Badminton are also in preparation for uh, their Leinster final. I think they're playing the semi-finals on Sunday, the 31st of March. Uh, Mead Badminton teams across four categories are going to be involved in action in Baldoyle. And also in rings. I don't think rings gets yeah. enough coverage on, on sports podcasts. But the Mead team uh, won the All-Ireland Rings Championship. A team of Tommy Carragher, Jim McDonnell, Joe Carragher, Cahill Dardis and Simon Halpenny. And Malcolm Halpenny, of course, as well. Uh, secured the inter-county title for Mead at the All-Ireland Rings Championships. Again, in the Green Isle Hotel. Uh, seems to be a very popular destination there for... for uh, yeah, for Mead. Well rings. done to them. We shouldn't, uh, you know, we we should remember those uh, their, their achievements. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and Simon Halpenny won the All Ireland Senior Title as well, and Cahill Dardis won the All Ireland Under Twenty Three Title. Of course, Simon Halpenny beating Cahill in the Senior Final, but Cahill won the Under Twenty Three as well. So that was just well a quick round yeah. up. Yeah. Um, just going to finish up uh, fairly quickly. We might just do in a few minutes or however long it takes. Just of course, all all. Eyes are focused on Cheltenham this week. Um, but before we just have a quick look at Cheltenham, there's a really fascinating feature in this week's Mead Chronicle. Uh, Conal Collier, our sports editor, went out and spoke to Minolte woman Helen McDonough. Uh, Helen, of course, um, is the mother of Declan McDonough from Minolte, who's a former champion jockey on the flat. I think he won it in 2006, uh, won the flat. But Helen has a remarkable story of her own. Um, Connell, as I said, did a brilliant feature on her. There's a three-page spread on it this week, and really is worth the price of the paper alone. And and just to see what a trailblazer Helen McDonough was for the likes of even Nina Carberry, Katie Walsh. Now you hear Lisa O'Neill, Rachel Blackmore, uh, all these women that are leading the horse racing game, and will probably be 
featuring amongst the winners, obviously Nina and Katie won't be able to retire, but Rachel Blackmore is expected to to feature amongst the winners at Cheltenham this week. I think she's pushing hard just behind Paul Townend for the National the National Hunt Jockeys title here in Ireland as well. But Helen McDonough, or Helen Bryce Smith, I think as she was before she got married, um, before she married Des, of course, was a trailblazer of her kind back in the 60s when she rode a remarkable 116 winners at a time when women jockeys or lady jockeys or or whatever is the right term term to use were unheard of at yes. that at that time it was it she was, was a real pioneer yeah. for the it was in, suggested, in the racing game yeah it was suggested at that time that women weren't even good enough to lead the horses around parade rings mm. but uh, helen mcdonough was leading the field and as i said she she rode 116 winners i think she rode 106 in point to points and then rode 10 winners on the track when it became when women became uh, or were allowed then to start riding on tracks she won 10 winners including she rode the great monksfield to victory um in a amateur hurdle race at down royal in 1980 which i think was monksfield's last win uh so the great monksfield uh a horse that'll go down in in cheltenham history after winning the champion hurdle in 78 and 79 well helen rode him to victory in down royal so i advise anybody that uh it's an opportunity it really is worth the price of the me chronicle alone it's a great story from helen mcdonough and well written by connell there as well so it, it really is a, a good feature that that should be picked up very um, good i certainly yes uh, so get your your me chronicle this week and re- read yeah the read, feature. All, read all about it as yeah. the sing the uh, main feature, of course, in racing this week is Cheltenham and uh, the Irish invasion of, of Presbury Park um, in England for the Cheltenham Festival. It's it's an amazing fascination with the Cheltenham Festival that the Irish seem to have, isn't it? Is, is it yeah, and something be, uh, that you tune into? Is it something that uh, you like? Not really, Fergal, to be honest. Uh, I wouldn't uh, be uh, that much interested. In it. I, don't, I don't follow racing that closely. Um, I, you know, over the years, I would have maybe looked at the Grand National, you know, but and from time to time. But I mean, Mead is a great uh, county. Uh, Fancy you as a jockey, Jimmy? No, would you no, not have been? No, 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 <laughs> no. Um, you know, but um, it's, it's, it's one sport I never got to follow that closely. But uh, uh, you know, it's certainly a lot of people from Mead will be watching it this week. Um, yeah. I, I'm just one thing I'd be concerned, I suppose, is the fact that uh, it's so easy. You know, there's an awful lot of hype about it. And yeah. a lot of people would be uh, wrapped up in it in terms of maybe gambling and so on and, and gambling money that they don't have. Yeah. And that's something I would, um, you know, uh, you know, remind people, I suppose, to have to be wary of that uh, because the hype is incredible that goes with Cheltenham. Yeah, and, yeah, it really uh, is. And I think a lot of people who may might never have bet bet before will venture out for this one and, and put up a few bob, you know, and a few euro on the... Well, that's it. We, we on tips that they get, but I think they have to be wary too. It is. It, it's 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 a it's an issue across all sports and gambling, and it's becoming more yeah. and more of an issue as uh, as the availability or the, uh, the the ease at which anybody can have a bet nowadays. It's it's probably leading to more trouble. So well, we well, we'd like to urge people just be aware. Never gamble more than you can lose. And and yeah, well, the, the the hype is one thing. Media hype with football as well. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's crazy. Very, you know, it's something that I would I'm concerned about. You know, and uh, there's there's so many you know uh, attractions online, especially for young people yeah. to, to uh, you know just that constant hype and uh, and call to young people yeah. to bet yeah. 
and, and to gamble and uh, a lot of them find it hard to resist and there's an issue out there In saying that Jimmy a lot of people love Cheltenham yeah. they reckon there'll be over a quarter of a million across the four days will attend us 260,000 uh, Gold Cup Day on Friday is sold out it's it's just has an a never ending appeal really you know it's it's really just I seen somebody saying it's like the All Ireland Championship the European Rugby Cup the Six Nations the Olympics everything all just rolled into one and it comes around once a year so the racing fraternity certainly love it one man who certainly loves it over the last couple of years is our Mead Chronicle Sports Person of the Year Gordon Elliott um, remarkable year last year he was the leading trainer for the second year in a row had eight winners at the festival. And uh, he's going again to Presbury Park this week with a strong hand uh, for most of the big races. I know it's 28 races in total. And uh, it looks as if, you know, he's, he's looking to dominate the handicaps. He's got several exciting novices, of course, battle over dying 11 to 4. Looks like a good one for the Ballymore. Uh, well, you'll also expect Apple's Jade who's a two-to-one shot for the Champions Hurdle. Actually, you know what? I'm not going to mention uh, the gambling odds here. So Apple's Jade in, in the Champion Hurdle, uh, while Tiger Roll, his hero from last year, from the ancient Grand National, came back at Navin there a couple of weeks ago and, and shocked everybody to win on his first time out in Navin. He's uh, you know, proven very popular in the cross-country. So there'll be three big ones for Gordon Elliott, and he'd be, he'd be hoping to uh, come away with the leading trainer's title again where I will mention the odds in this he's 6-5 to five to be the leading trainer ahead of Willie Mullins at 2-1 to one with England's Nicky Henderson Paul Nichols 11-4 to four and 14-1 respectively but uh, Barry Garrity is another one who we're expecting to, to have a good festival he's always there or thereabouts and I think I'm looking forward to seeing Barry on Tony Martin's ride Tony Martin has a Annabelle Fly in the Gold Cup I think Annabelle Fly is running the Gold Cup on Friday so it'll be great to see Tony um, saddle a winner on that and Barry Garrity on board it would be a, a great one if, if that could happen um, have you have you had any interest or heard anything I know one of the Irish favourites going over will be presenting Percy who's trained in Galway by Pat Kelly and Galway Racecourse changed her changed their fences around changed the direction they were for a school for presenting Percy last week just to replicate what Cheltenham might be like so uh, he, he'd be uh, he'd be a, a strong fancy for a win in, well, uh, I, I suppose I'd be keeping an ear um, out there just to see how uh, Gordon Elliott gets on and uh, because he I mean he's a, a fascinating character in, in the sense of you know what he does to make horses, uh, and I remember you know make make them so successful. And I remember having a very brief chat with him once. You know, and you know there is that familiar that, that similarity between say somebody managing a football team and yeah, yeah. you know and getting the best out of um, the resources you have uh, available to you. You know, and Gordon Elliott has done that time and time again. So. He, He's, he's certainly um, so, someone to watch out for. You'd like to see Noel Mead or something like that uh, as well. Yeah, well, Noel has a good uh, horse and Road to Riches run as well. But we'll just have a quick look down through. So today, the main event is the uh, is the champion hurdle. But uh, two-time winner, Bob Udair, is uh, looking to defend the crown against uh, Loriana is probably one of the main contenders against him. But uh, Gordon Elliott will also send out Apple's Jade. Uh, Ten grade ones to her name. It, it looks as if it's going to be a great race with uh, Bovudair, Apple's Jade. Um, you know, it could present, Apple's Jade could be 
a main threat to, to Nicky Henderson's Bovudair, but Bovudair is the one to beat, I suppose. Uh, that's that's the big race today. Um, tomorrow, Gordon Elliott again, battle over Diane. It's a f- serious horse, and a second favourite in the Ballymore, Delta Work. Um, 7-4 is then the favourite for the RSA chase. Uh, Gordon has his grand national hero, as we've mentioned, Tiger Roll, will bring the house down, really will bring the roof in on everyone if if he wins the cross-country race. But away from Gordon, who has got two great chances on Wednesday, Altior is the one who everybody is fancying for the champion chase. And it's hard to see anybody uh, topping Altior in the champion's chase. Willie Mullins' min looks like the most likely one, maybe behind him. On Thursday, I suppose the absence of Le Richborg through injury has led to Delphi de Soil, who wears the... Colours of J.P. McManus, uh, in the ar- ar- sorry, who's been rerouted to the article, but he remains in the JLT and he looks a very solid five to two favourite. Uh, Footpad is another good bet maybe for the Ryanair just ahead of Mona Lee with uh, Noel Mead's Road to Respect. Will fancy his chance in the Ryanair as well, but uh, Un de Show could be uh, one to watch out there uh, in that race as well um, on Thursday. Then course Friday is the big day, the Gold Cup. That gets off at 3.30 on Friday. Defended champion Native River is uh, probably the one to watch again. He's plenty of popularity in the betting, but Willie Mullins has three in it in Kemboy, Bells Hill and Invitation Only. <coughs> Excuse me, but presenting Percy would prove to be a popular winner. Um, keep an eye out for Gordon Elliott's Shattered Love as well. Could be a good price and would have a really good chance. So that's it. If people are looking... To have a few bets at Cheltenham this year. Just be be wary. Try not to overdo it. And uh, enjoy your Cheltenham. And don't have anybody uh, crying into their soup at the end of the week. And we hope everybody enjoys it. Absolutely, yeah. If, if, if that's that's a sport, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so uh, again, we'll just finish up. A busy weekend of sport ahead. 20 inter-county games on Saturday. The big one is Meads game. Um, changed now, of course, to a one thirty throw in time in Ennis on Saturday so a game isn't at yeah. 2 o'clock it's 1.30 so I think yeah, it's to allow yeah. some of the, the Clare punters get out that are mm. going to watch the football to get back into the pubs we nearly start from each supporters going down but uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a great sign uh, that, that more and more supporters uh, are going uh, I, I knew people who used to travel down to Cork for challenge matches in, in the in the glory days yeah, <laughs> you know, know but those, uh, those were the days and hopefully yeah. Jimmy We'll have those days once again. Absolutely, Fergal. So from Talk A Good Game, I'm Fergal Lynch and Jimmy Gagan has joined us here. We'll talk to you again next week and stay safe, everybody, and enjoy Cheltenham.